you pack my bags last night pre-flight Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hobby Heroes episode number 38. This is the episode we're going over other dispossessed slash Duerden in the other armies, specifically the ones that relate to the dispossessed on their own. Um, in other words, the units that were taken away from us at, in Age of Sigmar. We're going to be starting at the Ironweld Arsenal, and we're going to be starting with the Lowly Cannon. So the cannon is uh, a real conundrum with me. They both upgraded it in AOS and then also screwed it. Uh, one, they took it away from us and put it in the Ironweld Arsenal, so to take it we have to ally the damn thing in, which is nonsense. But then they also gave it two shots, um, which is pretty awesome depending on the number of crew models left you know a cannon forever and eight editions of warhammer always had one shot at a time um but this one if you have three miles you get two shots two miles you get two shots and you don't get one shot until you're down to one crew member and then obviously if you're out of crew members the cannon no longer shoots you got a 32 inch range which is significantly shorter than the old days but a four plus to hit a two to wound two rend and a d6 damage which is pretty sweet now the crew unfortunately um, are kind of garbage. Uh, you know, one wound is always five plus save, six bravery. Uh, and they can move the machine, but, you know, I mean, how often do you think that's going to happen? I suppose it, it can, but not terribly often. Your crew does get cover if they're within one inch of the machine, which brings their armor save down to a four plus, which is not too terrible. And if you're shooting at a horde unit with ten or more miles, you get to reroll your damage inflicted on your D6 damage. Um, if you have an engineer near it, you get um, you reroll failed hit rolls when you fire, as long as he's within an inch of the machine. Now, all that actually sounds pretty good. The biggest issue with that is that this the crew can be targeted out separately. Um, that's a real issue. Like, it doesn't take much, at least in first edition. You know, just the generic. Uh, magic missile basically the d3 mortal wounds was enough to kill a cannon crew potentially and that really hurt them besides that fact uh, i'm pulling it up here but i think they're 120 points apiece which is not an insignificant investment comparable to a lot of other things let's see yep 160 points so they're even more expensive than i thought um which is yeah, awfully expensive for something that takes almost no effort to deactivate. Because you can target the crew separately and you just go, hey, I shoot the crew, cannon's done, 160 points down the pisser. So next up we have the Cogsmith. Uh, now this is the Dwarf Engineer, 5 wounds, 5 save, 4 move, and 7 bravery. Just like, you know, I mean pretty decent, just like every other Dwarf hero really. Uh, he does have a number of different things on him. So he has pistols, uh, you get two attacks, fours, threes, one round and one damage. You get the Grudge Raker, which was uh, the automatic rifle thing that the engineer had from the end times. That's 16 inch, D3 attacks, four to hit, three to wound, one round, one damage. And then he has his hand weapon, his cog axe, four attacks, four to hit, four to wound, no round, one damage. So nothing too particularly impressive. And then his ability, which is super over, <laughs> like, if your hero's... Uh, is within four inches of a war machine. He can repair a wound of that war machine. 
but what the hell would you ever, um, who in their right mind would shoot a war machine over the three crew that are arming it is kind of shit. So, but he's not terribly expensive at Hundro. Uh, same as Runesmith. Like if you're going to run war machines, you're going to want them just because of the keyword engineer so that you get your rerolls. Next is the organ gun. So the organ gun, just like the cannon, uh, has the crew that are separated with the same stats. The organ gun, however, gets 28-inch range, D6 attacks. Uh, your to hit is a based on the number of crew models left. So a full crew, you're hitting on threes, wounded on threes, one rend, one damage each. But what happens is when you go to fire, you basically say, I'm going to fire one, two, three, or four barrels. Uh, if you load two or more, so if you say two, three, or four, you roll a die. And if the result is equal to or greater than the number of barrels you're shooting, you roll a D6 for each barrel that fires. So I say I want to fire four barrels. I roll a four, five, or six. I get to fire four D6 shots uh, with full crew at threes to hit threes, two, and one damage. Uh, and if the engineer is within one inch, you can re-roll the dice to see if the uh, gun actually fires off war barrels, so you get a second chance there. Now, the iron um, organ gun is 120 points, so... 40 points cheaper than a cannon, which goes a long way. Now, I could see these being functional. You buy, uh, I mean, you're allowed four war machines, right, at 2,000 points. So take four of them and then put an engineer in between each set of two and just pump away. Uh, I mean, at 28 inches, you're going to be hitting on turn one probably. As long as, you know, I mean... Even if they go first in this game, you can move and shoot, so you can drag that stupid thing four inches forward and then fire it. So it's effectively 32-inch range. Pretty decent, actually, for 120 points, um, but you're looking at running four of them, which now you can't because you broke the Allies' allowance, so you're looking Grand Alliance. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Oregon gun I could see having potential. Four D6 shots is a lot of shots, uh, especially at full crew on turn one, threes, and threes. You could really cut some people down. But then again, it's also 46 shots. You could roll four, or you can roll 24. It's kind of hard to say, you know. Uh, next is the gyrocopter and gyro bomber. So the copter has four wounds, four plus save, six bravery, 14-inch move. Now, you have either the steam gun or the brimstone gun. Uh, let's go brimstone gun first. It's 16-inch range, three attacks, three to hit, three to wound, one run, one damage. It's an okay shooting weapon. Um... I mean, it's nothing super good to write home about. Three attacks, threes, threes, one and one, like, eh. And then you get the steam gun, which you make one attack against the unit for each model within the range of the steam gun. The problem is the steam gun has a six-inch range. And you can't move within three inches of an enemy unit without being in combat. So, at most, on like a 25 mil base... Unless they're literally forming a circle three inches around you, like the most you're ever going to get out of this is, you know, five, six attacks maybe until you're in combat. And then you're going to get a buttload of attacks at threes to hit, fours to wound, one rend, and one damage. Uh, the problem is with combat, your attacks suck. So you get D3 attacks at a five to hit, a four to wound, no rend, and one damage. Just pretty crap. Um, you also have guild bombs. Once per battle, you can fly over a unit. When you do, you roll two dice for each gyrocopter in the unit, and on a four more, the unit suffers a mortal wound. Now, the units are one-to-one, -one. <laughs> so, you know, 
Roll two dice for each helicopter in the unit, which, by the way, is one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of stupid. Um, I think if they... 80 points apiece. These are both 80 points apiece, the, the copter and the bomber. I think if they would have gave you that guild bomb ability for the game, because there are plenty of things that can pump mortal wounds every round, and you're talking randomly on a 4+, plus, I get a mortal wound. Like, take away the once a game and give it to me every round, <laughs> and, and then they're worth taking probably. Uh, but let's get to the bomber. So the difference here is it gets a fifth wound uh, instead of four. It has a clatter gun, 20-inch range, four attacks, four to hit, three to wound, one rend, one damage. Uh, the same hand-to-hand -hand combat unit, but the gyro bombers have bigger bombs. So uh, as you fly over a unit, roll a dice for each, <laughs> roll one die for each gyro bomber in the unit. Again, max unit size of one. Uh, and each time you roll a four or more, the unit takes D3 mortal wounds. So, yeah. I mean, their guns are at best average their bombs are once a well the copter is once a um game i suppose in bombers at least if you take a lot of them you could potentially do a lot of mortal wounds but i think the real problem with the bomber and the copter is four and five wounds a model with a four plus armor save now you know, most people are going to be throwing things at this. You're talking simple magic missiles, things they're going to do, you know, a D1 or D3 mortal wounds, which can ignore armor. Or you've got things with rend of one, which brings you up to a five. These things, in my experience at least, are just not hard to take out of the sky, which really hurts them. Um, <laughs> they're not in particularly cheap at 80 points per model. Uh, they don't have combat power. You're really buying them for mortal wound output, which, to be fair, the dwarfs don't have a lot of, but it... You know, I've seen people look at, like, Grand Alliances and taking, like, maximum numbers of these, four, or in narrative play, lots of them. Um, it just... I don't know. It's just not good enough, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of the way... <laughs> Gyrocopter has been treated that way for ever in Warhammer like they always have kind of sucked so that's just kind of where it falls so those are the dwarf war machines that are out of the iron weld arsenal the last thing I want to talk about is for all us poor bastards who own all of the old stuff the dwarf compendium scrolls now obviously the first and, and most immediate thing that is an issue here is the dwarf compendium scrolls are not uh, dispossessed. They are not Ironweld. They're not Overlords or Eternals. In fact, they are just generic order at best. So you're talking, you're going to have to run General Order Alliance to use these. Uh, you have the Apprentice Runesmith, who is a garbage character, <laughs> frankly. Um, but if he's near the uh, Anvil of Doom, you know, his attacks go up to three instead of one. And he gets another attempt to dispel uh, without bonuses. The uh, this is, I'm just going through the app for these. So we got the dirt and the dwarf bolt thrower. Basically, uh, the crew is the same as the regular crew for the Iron World Arsenal machines. The war machine itself has four wounds, four save, um, 38 inch range. This is just like the can. You get a number of attacks uh, based on the number of crew miles left. And it runs the same table. Three miles is two attacks. Two miles is two attacks. 
down to one attack at one model. Threes to hit, threes to wound, one rend, d3 damage. The penetrating shot, if the wound roll for a bolt is a six plus, the shot has a damage characteristic of d6 and a rend of three. Uh, <clears throat> if you shoot at a horde unit, a unit with 20 or more miles, you get to add one to the wound roll, so wounding on two plus. Unfortunately, this thing's actually not bad. I would love to see this thing in the game still. Um, if not a little over expensive at 120 points. But the, I mean, two shots, threes and threes, one ren, D3 damage. Sure, the cannon is better, um, but the cannon's also 160 points. Put this down to 100, I'd field four of them. What the hell? The flame cannon, the most bent thing we had in version one. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty busted. So the crew, of course, is the same. But what happens here is they have a, what is called the flame burst. Uh, so depending on the number of crew miles, depends on the range of your attack, 24, 18, and 12 before it dies. And what happens is uh, you pick a unit within range, so full crew, 24 inches, and it suffers D3 mortal wounds. After you fire, roll a die. On a 1, 2, or 3, nothing happens. On a 4+, plus, it suffers another D3 mortal wounds. And then it has a rune of burning. The flame burst inflicts D6 mortal wounds instead of D3 if the unit has 20 more models. And it will also do that on the extra damage if you roll that 4+. plus. So what kills this is, is D3 mortal wounds. I mean, other than the fact that obviously it's not dispossessed. You're talking General Alliance Order. In first edition Age of Sigmar, you could take this bad boy and you got your D6 mortal wounds if you had an engineer next to it. Uh... So yeah, you take one of the, one or two of these, put an engineer next to it, and you're just like, hey, 24 inches, D6 mortal wounds, four plus D6 more mortal wounds. <laughs> like, it was super duper good. Uh, so naturally they nerfed it, and then of course they put it into a different uh, category that we can't field anymore, and it's 200 freaking points. So yeah, they pretty much destroyed it. Uh, we get the Far Ranger, which is just another hero. He has the same stats as all our other heroes, four inch, four save, five wounds, seven bravery. He has a crossbow at 20 inch, one attack, three to hit, four to wound, no run, one damage. And his ranger axe uh, is a four attacks, three to hit, three to wound, one run, one damage. Instead of saying him on the battlefield, uh, you can place him to one side in hiding and then bring him in later anywhere on the battlefield, nine inches away from enemy models. This is essentially Bugman. He has the hero's tankard once per battle. He can drink from it and uh, heal D3 wounds. Yeah. Not what I would call amazeballs. Uh, 100 points of those, so pretty cheap character there. The Grudge Thrower. Uh, again, same as everything else as far as like the crew and their cover and their bravery. The Grudge Thrower itself only has 4 wounds instead of 5. 8 to 40 inch range, 1 attack. Uh, your to hit is based on the number of crew left. Uh, 3 crew is 3, and then 4, and then 5 to hit. Uh, 3 to wound, 2 rend, 3 damage. This thing's actually pretty decent in the damage front. Uh, so you can hurl rocks at units that you can't see, which is great. At the beginning of the battle, pick an enemy unit to be grudged. You get a reroll, failed hit, and wound rolls for the grudge thrower on that unit. Uh, also, if you're hitting a unit of 20 more miles, your characteristic of damage goes up to 6 instead of just 3. So, yeah, the grudge thrower actually is pretty decent even now, but... It's also 180 points, so they overpriced it. This is just their way of getting rid of all these old things, uh, which really sucks, particularly for the next unit, which is the miners, because that is something we could use in a big, bad way. Uh, Four-inch move, five-plus save, six bravery, and one wound, but they're miners. God damn it. 
So they have the pickaxes, one attack, four to hit, three to wound, one run, one damage. It's a great weapon for the dwarf warriors, basically. And then your character, uh, the champion, can take a steam drill, one attack, four to hit, three to wound, three rend, d3 damage. Uh, the big deals about these is they have the same kind of stuff that the rest of the um, dwarfs have. So they have horn blower, which means they automatically go four inches on a run. The runic icon, which means on a five plus, you shut down spells that affect them. Uh, or a clan banner, which on a uh, veiled bow shock, you half the number of miles that run away. So it's just like the dwarf one, the warrior ones. But then they also have the option to take a mining card. So the mining card isn't even something you pay for. It just comes with the unit, basically. And the mining card has a wounds characteristic of four and is pulled by a stubborn mule uh, who can also attack, has one attack, five to hit, six to wound, no random one damage. But what's really interesting is when it's nearby the unit, they all get a throwing weapon attack, which is six-inch range. So, I mean, you're talking in hand-to-hand, basically. A four to hit, three to wound, two random, one damage. So not a terrible throwing weapon. And then they also get the steam harpoon, which is 16-inch range, one attack, four to hit, three to wound, one round to D3 damage. So all in all, their stats are pretty decent, actually. Um, you can't move uh, to fire the steam harpoon, but whatever. The real deal that would have made these guys important is the underground advance. Instead of starting on the battlefield, you basically start in the sky, or in this case, underground. And on your turn, you can, in any of your movement phase, you can jump up within outside nine inches of any enemies. And in a game where movement is so freakishly important, miners are actually pretty decent at it. Like, that jump-in ability is huge. And they're only 120 points for 10, so they're like a unit of Quarrelers to Thunderers. So 240 for 20 of these dudes. Throw the mining card on. Like, this unit would be so useful in Age of Sigmar, and they just crapped all over us and took it away. They even kept it decently costed, and and they shoved it into the compendium. And I don't know why, because the plastics for these look better, in my opinion, than the plastics for the Quarrelers and Thunderers. But who the hell am I? Uh, next up, Rune Lord, Anvil of Doom. This guy got way screwed eight wounds four plus save eight bravery one inch move um he gets two attacks three to hit threes to wound one ran two damage his bodyguards uh combined get four attacks three to hit four to wound one damage one rend. and then so he can attempt to unbind two spells uh with the plus two just like a runesmith uh mind you runesmith can only unbind one in your hero phase you can strike a rune uh, roll a dice on a one, nothing happens. But on a two plus, you strike it. If you're within four inches of a friendly rune smith, you can uh, re-roll that attempt. So you can do re-roll. Uh, you can do hearth and home re-roll failed hit rolls for this unit. Oath and steel add one to save rolls for this unit. Wrath and ruin pick an enemy unit visible to it and within 24 inches, it suffers d3 mortal wounds. Again, this would be our access to magic missiles, but they took the goddamn thing away. Uh, let's see, and he is 140 points. I don't know. I feel like 140 points wouldn't be bad for this, especially if you let the freaking runes affect other units, like the reroll saves or the plus one save. But in second edition, the compendium, they changed it and restricted it to basically affecting himself. And he is a one-inch move, folks. He's not going into combat unless you come to him. So, yeah. Next up, a unit that I bemoaned the loss of because I had a bunch of these dudes, um, and they went away because Fire Slayers came out 
is the regular Slayers. They come in units of five, unfortunately, um, and they are max sized at 30. Five of them is 60 points. So you get two attacks, three to hit, four to wound, no rend, one damage. The Slayer uh, leader gets an extra attack, so three attacks. They have an Icon Bearer, so dispelled um, spells on five plus. Horn Blower, auto run four inches. Uh, if as long as there is a monster on the table, these bros don't take battle shock because they're slayers. They're out to kill monsters. And if you are slain in combat, roll a dice on a four plus. Uh, on your way off the table, basically you inflict a mortal wound on the unit that killed you. Yeah, and then they have Slayer Oath. You get plus one to wound rolls uh, with your axes if the target of the unit has more than two or more wounds. So basically everything in the game, <laughs> unless you're fighting a crappy horde army or a really, really old army. Uh, all the new stuff generally has two, three, four wounds. So basically these dudes are running around with threes and threes. Uh, yeah, I think these would be great. Like, I would happily feel these all day long if they were Dispossessed Alliance. Um... You know, again, I mean, you could run three of them. You can't. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, 60 points a piece, that's 120 for 10, 240 for 20. Like, you could run 20 of these bros. They wouldn't be terrible, actually. Um, I'd be super tempted to do that if I weren't generally using my allied points on other things. But, so Slayers are still okay. Thing with Battle Standard, uh, this bro is just like every other hero in our army, except his weapon has four attacks, threes to hit, threes to move, no rend. He can reroll failed hits uh, when attacking with him. He, he can reroll his failed hits, sorry. In your phase, you can plant the standard. If you do, he gains the following ability. Not, you know, I mean, AOS 1, it was everything within eight inches of him. Now it's just him, just like the animal affects himself. Reroll failed save rolls for himself. And subtract two from casting rolls of enemy wizards within 16 inches. At 80 points, um, I mean, if you're not doing anything with allies, I could see this dude being all right against a magic army. He just plants that standard every now and then, and all casters within 16 inches was actually a pretty big bubble getting minus two from their casting rolls. Like, that's kind of neat. And finally, the last thing is the Warden King on the Throne of Power. Eight wounds, four save, nine bravery, four move. Uh, he has the Axe of Grimnir, four attacks, threes, threes, two rend, three damage, which is pretty decent. And the Runic Hammers, uh, which is his bodyguards, they get four attacks, threes, threes, no rend, one damage, not great. He gets to reroll failed armor saves. And he has the Great Book of Grudges, so at the start of the battle round, or at the start of the game, pick an enemy unit, reroll failed wound rolls for this model for attacks made against that unit. Uh, and then he has the Throne of Power. Once per game in the charge phase, he can reroll one of the dice determining his charge distance and reroll hit rolls of one for himself. Uh, so actually, he doesn't sound bad in the end, but he is 220 points, which is a bit expensive <laughs> for what that bro is. Um, considering the Great Book of Grudges only affects him, you know, and then, of course... The dispossessed uh, command abilities only affect dispossessed, not just Duerden. I mean, really, they took away dispossessed from these dudes and then pointed them out of the game. I am still super tempted to run lots of Slayers at some point because Slayers are still potentially very good. But, you know. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's everything we have available to us. Um, obviously, I'm bitter that they took away some of our stuff and gave it to the Ironweld Arsenal, which is nonsense. And then they took away 
uh, a bunch of our older stuff, especially the miners, because God, we could really use those fucking bastards. Um, but I mean, what what the hell are you gonna do about that, right? Not a not a single thing. I will say this much at least: um, the Iron World Arsenal stuff still lacks the dispossessed keyword, but. At least they put it in the general's handbook as something we can ally in, so we don't have to do general order uh, alliance to actually use them. So, I think if you're looking to stick with pure dwarf army, that's basically where you're at. You're stuck with dispossessed and iron world arsenal. I'm not going to go over Karadran overlords and fire slayers. Um, fire slayers, at least especially now, have a a book that is functional, and I. I just don't love the models. <laughs> um, I don't like the runes that are carved into their skin. You know, it'd be one thing if they were just painted on there, but they're actually part of the model itself. And then Karadran Overlord was the same thing. I got that book. I, you know, I pre-ordered the book and stuff when it came out. It came out. I looked in the book. I read it and just completely unenthused, I guess, with the options in the book and the look of the army. Um and, and their boats are kind of the same way that the gyrocopters are. It's like they're awfully expensive for what they are with like a five plus save or something. I just can't get behind them, but you know. So where I stand now is looking at a, a net list basically. And the general plan behind that is uh there was a guy in i think it was dispossessed dan maybe in australia at the time and he placed like seventh or eighth in a gt down there and i'm basically starting with the core of his list so i got a king two runesmith celestine prime ally 10 warriors great weapons and shields 10 more warriors grabbing shields 20 long beards 30 iron breakers 20 iron drakes 10 iron drakes and a command point his list is in there. I think he only had a unit of 10 Longbeards, maybe. And then he had, instead of a second unit of Iron Drakes, I think he had a unit of Quarrelers. But the the principal parts of it are there. The key here is, I guess, I mean, you got to move forward from turn one. Uh, dwarfs just don't have a choice. Like, to get objectives, you're going to have to do that. But you have your Ancestral Pickaxe with a big unit of Iron Drakes, which is scary to pretty much anything on the game. Uh, especially with your grudge reroll once to hit, like you're going to smoke something off the board. And then you have your Celestin Prime who floats in the clouds for a turn maybe, and then he can come down and threaten an objective somewhere or, you know, board control. And, I mean, he's no slouch in combat. You keep him up in the sky for a turn, you get five attacks, threes, twos, three round, three damage each. Um, potential for 15 wounds a turn. Not, um, I mean, generally you're going to screw up and miss at least one of those, but still pretty decent damage output and he has the comet scepter so uh pick a point in the unit or pick a point in the table i think it was within 24 inches and then within d6 inches of that everything suffers d3 mortal wounds or every unit suffers d3 mortal wounds the real key on him is once per turn you can basically automatically make a die roll do whatever you want including charge rolls so like even on turns where he comes down from the sky like he's making his charge uh and your opponent's gonna know that and then same thing I've also heard about him being used in terms of being deployed on the table and from turn one on just throwing that comet around, especially around mass groups of things, multiple units, and inflicting a lot of damage that way. So it is something to look at. Now, I, I haven't played this list yet. Um, 
well, that's a lie, technically. I've played it this recording, but my extra episode this month is going to be talking about games with it, so take that for what it is, folks. Anyway, uh, that is our overview of our allies, and, well, not our, all our allies, but, you know, the dwarf allies, and what I think of them. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to episode 38, I think it was, and we, I will be back. Uh, and there's another episode coming out at the end of this month, last Saturday of the month, for my extra episode that I missed, and we'll be talking about the games that I've played with them so far. Uh, I've gotten one. I'm going to hopefully have a second one by the time I record that show. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one.